Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome back to Mums the Word, the parenting podcast. I'm Georgia Jones and I'm your host for this week. Now, this week's podcast is all about mum guilt. And um, I've been feeling it a little bit recently because I didn't organise Cooper's birthday party with a great deal of time. And although it all went to plan and he was very happy... I did feel quite guilty that I wasn't a prepared mum, but we will touch on this in this podcast. This week's guest on Mums the Word is Zoe Blasky. Not only is Zoe a transformational coach, host of her own podcast and speaker on modern motherhood, but she is also on a mission to share the best ideas to help modern mothers feel more resilient and less alone. Welcome to Mums the Word, Zoe. So lovely to have you. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> this has been a long time coming, hasn't it? We've we've talked a lot. Many online. DMs have happened. <laughs> we've finally done it. <laughs> now, Zoe, you are a woman on a mission to kind of dispel the mum guilt myths, aren't you? I listened to your podcast this morning, actually, on the misconceptions of mum guilt, actually, and it was not only incredible and insightful, it actually made me cry. I mean, it doesn't take a great deal to make me cry. Anyone that listens to this podcast knows I I tend to well up. I'm the crier. Out of the three presenters, I'm the crier. (laughs) It's fine. It's good showing our emotions, right? We can cry together. (laughs) Yeah. Now, there was a a statistic on your podcast where it said that 94% of mothers experience guilt every day. Like that completely blew me away I couldn't quite believe that that it was that high the percentage why do you think it is why do you think we have all this pressure on ourselves and experience all this guilt yeah it's crazy isn't it and I mean I think it's it's even got its own word it's Mm -hmm. not just guilt you have to put mum in front of it Mm. which I always put in air quotes because I'm like let's let's unpack that idea a bit yeah yeah it's so prevalent and most mums that you speak to will say yeah I felt guilty about something today big or small you know I remember when I first came a mum I felt guilty about everything Mm. before I learned what I know now and I think actually you know, and you would have heard this in the episode that you listened to on my podcast, Mother Kind, about guilt. We call 
a lot of things guilt that actually aren't mm. guilt. It's almost like, I wonder if you relate to this, I think the emotional experience of motherhood is so complex, isn't it? Like yeah. the, the emotions that we feel like day in, day out. We, ha- we haven't always had the language for that. No. And I think that's because traditionally the, the mother's experience has been not ignored, but definitely not, you know, focused on. It's all been about the baby and the feeding and the toddler and the schooling and the exams. It, not about how is the mum. And so I think we just actually haven't had the words no. to put to the feelings. Absolutely. And I got this idea from coaching like thousands of mums on this. And they would say, I feel so guilty about this. And I think, oh, but that's not really guilt that you're describing. That's something else. Mm. So I started to really unpack it because guilt actually productive guilt is kind of a good emotion yeah like we don't want to talk we don't want to have no guilt it's actually only psychopaths when you said don't have any guilt literally when you right so that was honestly like a massive light bulb moment for me when you said that on your pod when you said it's only psychopaths that don't feel guilt i was like oh my gosh what a good what a good point right because i was like that makes me feel great about having guilt. That actually makes me feel really good for being guilty. Exactly. it means I'm sane. Exactly. <laughs> this is why the sort of narrative um, around, you know, let's get rid of mum guilt. I'm like, that's just not the thing. Like guilt is actually, you know, a, can be a really powerful and positive emotion. Like all our emotions developed for a reason. Mm-hmm. Guilt developed so that when we were back in, in tribes, you know, in cave people times, if we did something that could harm the group, we would feel guilty and it would make us say sorry or change our behavior or make amends. So it's a really good, it's good. It helps us stay connected. It helps us stay true to our values. Like guilt is when true guilt, I call it, is when we've Mm. done something that goes outside of who we are. Yeah. So like today I made, I've completely forgotten I'd made a promise to my youngest. Oh God, it's awful, isn't it? What the hell? Why do they remember? (laughs) What? They don't remember what they even ate at school that day, yet they remember something you said to them a week ago. This is it. That was going to happen next week at approximately like 5.30pm. Is that They can't even tell time. So she was like, I was like, remember mommy's going to London today? And these little eyes looked up. She's like, but you promised we could go for baby Chino. And I was like, oh, God, it hurt. It actually hurts, And I was like, do you know what? It's good that I feel a bit of guilt there. Like I'd forgotten that promise. One of my values, like one of the standards that I hold myself to, is like I like being true to my word. Like I like doing what I say I'm going to do. So, okay, yeah, I feel a bit of guilt. That's all right. So I said to her, oh, I feel really guilty about that, Rose. Yeah, I've forgotten. We'll do it tomorrow morning. I'll make sure that happens tomorrow morning. I think that's so important. Yeah, I think that is like one big thing that I learned was actually admitting you're wrong to your child and teaching them that, okay, mummy's done wrong here. I forgot, but I'm apologizing, first of all, and we're going to make it right. Mummy's going to make it right because that was wrong on my part. Do you know the worst thing I ever did? And honestly, it still haunts me to this day is I forgot that Cooper, my little boy, had a poetry recital at school. And the only reason I found out was because another mum messaged me and said, oh, you were missed at the poetry recital today. Where were you? And I was like, sorry, what what poetry recital? And honestly, my heart, the thought of Cooper walking out into the assembly hall and not seeing me or Danny there and not understanding why we weren't there. I was like, this is horrible. It's a horrible feeling, isn't it? 
Yeah, and by the way, we've all been there. We've all done that. I don't think there is a mum listening to this who hasn't forgotten one of those things. Like, oh, 100%. I had it the other day. Are you going to the sports match? Because we're at the stage where you have to go and watch all these matches. And I was right. like, I didn't even know about it. But, you know, those things happen. And I think when we expect ourselves not to drop any balls and be perfect, it kind of serves no one. It definitely doesn't serve us because no. we feel more guilt. And it doesn't serve our kids, actually. It's really powerful to teach them. Like, parents are imperfect. Yeah, The world is imperfect. And this is how we handle that emotionally. And this is how we handle that in our actions. Mm. We might make up for that. We might validate his feelings about that. Was, how did it feel like walking out? And it's hard to do that because you're like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, don't tell but, me you cried. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but actually validating that experience is really powerful. Mm, I, I was so apologetic. I think it's it's really interesting when you said about like that we're not perfect as parents, no parent is perfect. That was something when I first had Cooper that I really struggled with because I like everything to be perfect. I like everything done a certain way. We looked into it in therapy, probably got mild OCD, but we're, that's, that's a whole nother podcast. But yeah, I'm, I'm really, really particular about things. So when I had a little tiny baby that just threw, it was like a, you know, a bomb had gone off in the house and it was just my perfect little world had been completely changed and it was impossible for things to be perfect because it was changing constantly I really really struggled with that mentally trying to just adapt to it all and I felt guilty for that you know you 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 have your life a certain way not only did I feel guilty that I want still wanted it to be perfect and it wasn't I felt guilty that I was struggling with that that was struggling in my own head and didn't understand it. And then you think, God, is everybody going to think that I've let things go wrong because things aren't how Georgia normally has them? You know, house isn't tidy and spotless like it normally is. Everything does not have its place anymore. And there's all these pressures that you just pile upon yourselves. And then it all gets a bit much eventually. Well, that that's the right word, isn't it? Pressure. Because... Mm. That's sort of what we were talking about, about that good guilt. You know, when you do something wrong, you make it. I reckon having studied this for way too many hours at this point is that's probably about 20% of what we actually call guilt. Like what you were talking about there is not guilt because you haven't done anything wrong. Remember, like guilt is when we've done something wrong and we make amends and we move on. Mm. What you were talking about there was kind of other things. Remember I was saying like the complex emotions of motherhood. It sounds like there's a mix of you setting yourself way too high standards yeah 100% and then when we fall short of those we feel guilty but that's not guilt that's the problem is the standard not the emotional reaction to the standard yeah see so it's like how do we get to think what is important for me right now given my resources mentally emotionally physically financially like what is important for me and then when we do that like when I've done that and when people that I've helped have done that it just completely changes your experience because you're like okay I'm not measuring myself against having a tidy house if it's clean and sanitary that's good enough this week yeah. or next week or whenever it yeah. is and then also I just heard that word pressure and I think we do we put ourselves under so much pressure mm. and you know partly that comes from society and social media in the world that we live in but if we can take back control where we can yeah like we can take the pressure off ourselves we're the ones putting it on ourselves so we can take it off mm -hmm. and then we'll feel we'll feel less guilt and perfectionism is just a massive one I mean you are not alone no. I know you know that but <laughs> you are not alone and perfectionism is a 
you know, it's it's almost a, a coping behavior that we we develop to feel good enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. people think perfectionism is about being perfect or trying to be perfect. It's not at all. Perfectionism is that somewhere in us we don't feel good enough. So we try to compensate for that by making things orderly in control yeah. and then we feel in control and and like you said like you throw a toddler or a baby or a teen into that and it just doesn't work we have to find other ways to feel good about ourselves and validate ourselves yeah in all the chaos <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, it doesn't work someone told me that um it's quite childlike the perfectionist side of things is quite um like a childlike thing that if this is like this then everything's going to be wonderful yeah. if i have things a certain way it's all going to be lovely and happy and and it's not the case like that's not how life works yeah. and i think sometimes you have to like you said, like you've got to remind yourself, like the pressure. We all feel it, but there's ways of dealing with it and there's ways of taking that load off. I actually um, put a little thing out on Instagram just saying, did anybody want to ask you anything? Mm. Do you know, the honestly, the majority of the questions were the same and it was, why isn't there dad guilt? Why isn't there, quotation marks, dad, like, dad guilt? Because I never hear ever really of any dads saying oh I've got awful dad guilt today and I don't know whether they either don't speak about it and do feel guilt or just don't have that ingrained in them like we do what do you what do you think I think it's both I think there is dad there is dad guilt Mm. for sure I think dad's experience you know we were talking about that productive and unproductive guilt the dads that I've spoken to and the people that I've spoken to on the podcast, I experienced that more in the productive way. It's like, actually, I feel really guilty that I promised I'd be at that football match and I wasn't. Okay, well, that, that's productive guilt. Like, mm. you've gone outside something that you you promised or a standard that you'd set for yourself. I think they experience it less in the what I call unproductive guilt. So feeling guilty about things that we, we can't do anything about or putting ourselves under too high standards. And then you use that word ingrained. And I think absolutely, like we subconsciously, our brains are like sponges, particularly mm. when we're young. So we absorb, you know, how our mothers were, what mothering was like when we were little. You know, we've got more working mothers than ever before now. That wasn't the case when even you and I were little. Yeah. So. We've absorbed all these expectations of what we should be. I I call it the should scam because it is a scam. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why should I be organized? Why should I cook, you know, a fresh cooked meal every single day? Yeah. Why should I be ever present? Why shouldn't I work? You know, so many people have these ideas of what this kind of Mary Poppins, perfect fantasy mother mm. looks like. And I think one of the most powerful things to do is like unpack that for ourselves. And I think that that's the baggage that fathers just typically don't bring into parenting. Yeah, because I suppose they're, they've kind of got, they're going the opposite way a little bit in that we've seen like our mums and then their mums all being kind of like these perfect housewives and it's kind of changing now I think our generation is the generation where there's been a shift yeah and I think hopefully for our children it'll be an even bigger shift now in that we are quite equal as men and women or it's going that way whereas when we were younger my mum and I love my mum and dad to bits. They're still together, like lovely married couple. But mum was the stay-at-home wife and dad was the man that went out and worked and he would be home every every night at 5.30 and the dinner would be on the table and the house would be clean. And if it wasn't, you know, 
there'd be trouble. Why? Not obviously with my mum, but like mum would be like, make sure the house is clean because we don't want your dad to come home to a dirty house. And so we'd always make sure the house was lovely and clean. And that has been ingrained in me. Absolutely. And I still, to this day, if I am at home and Danny is out, even though he's not asked me to clean the house, I will make sure that house is tidy for him getting home. I mean, I like a clean house, so it's partly for me as well. But I think it's just just ingrained yeah. in me yeah, to be right. that way. Yeah. But there was a huge struggle for me after having Cooper because all I'd seen was women having babies and that was it. And then they wouldn't work or they weren't desperate to get back to work. I was desperate to start working again. Same. I was desperate. Were you? Yeah. I was desperate to be independent again and do my own thing and have kind of like that bit of my life that yeah, was just same. separate to doing to anything that was like keeping the house or looking after my child or cooking or clean anything like that. And that is where there was this huge pressure guilt on me that I thought. Am I the only person that would rather work than, you know, I I want Cooper to be looked after so I can work. I don't want to be the one at home all the time just looking after Cooper. And I was like, does that make me a terrible mother for feeling that way? No. I mean, that that's that's the perfect example of standards that we've absorbed that aren't our own. Mm. Like that's not your original idea, is it? To mm. feel that bad about wanting to be yourself. No. And I think this is one of the huge things that happens when we become mothers. Like before motherhood, I think often we are, you know, living in line with our values. We're doing things we love. We know who we are. And then suddenly motherhood is like, I think of it like a jigsaw puzzle. It kind of throws all the pieces up in the air and you're like, you have no picture to put it back together again. Mm. So we borrow like another jigsaw box and we're like, okay, well, the picture I need to follow is this mum who's devoted, who enjoys every minute, that horrific phrase, who, you know, never feels frustrated or ambivalent about motherhood, who never has an intrusive thought or thinks, have I made a mistake? All of which is completely normal. Mm. It's just that it hasn't been spoken about. So what we really have to do is grab our own picture. Okay, I'm going to be the sort of mum I'm always going to work because that's who I am. Yeah. And actually, parenting isn't about, you know, the tips and the scripts. and the, It's about modelling who you are in the world yeah. and using that as an inspiration for your children. Like, that's all we can do. And I think when we try and not do that and become a mum, like, what does a mum look like, dress like, yeah. speak like? That's when we can get really lost. Yeah. So I think it's so important. To, I'm the same. I've worked since I was 14. Like, there was no way that I was going to stop working. It's a huge part of my identity. Yeah. I'm incredibly proud that I've, you know, worked. I did have a little bit of time off with my first, but I was always caught squirrelling something squirreling on the laptop. It's yeah. just who I am. And mm. I can see those qualities in my girls mm. and I love it. Hi all, it's TV's Gail Porter here. I am so excited to tell you that I am joining the Paranormal Activity family and will be hosting a number of live podcast recordings across the UK. The first is on the 6th of March at London's haunted Richmond Theatre. Expect terrifying tales, audience interaction and hopefully a spirit or two. I can't wait for you to join me and to hear your own paranormal experiences. You can find tickets at www.paranormalpod.co.uk. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> parent is the same no like no mother is the same and it's very difficult not to compare yourself you know when you see mums online going you only have this time once oh, what's the worst oh, the honestly, oh, somebody I know did it the other day and honestly I felt really really shit about myself after I watched it because I was like oh no, oh, no. She, you know she was like you know you never get this time back with your children so I don't think you should work you should spend all the time with your child I was like no, because if I didn't work, if I didn't do that bit for me, I wouldn't be the mum that I am. I would be a lot less of a mum, I think. I really struggle with those because I think for many people, it's not a choice. Mm, exactly. And I, did, I said that as well. It's a I was huge like, privilege to yeah. be able to choose. Like, yeah. do I want to work? How many days do I want to work? That is a privilege not afforded mm. to many. So mm. I also think that there is a huge difference between being present with your children and being with them so yeah. I when I was for about nine months full-time mum I wasn't earning any income I was just doing unpaid you know mum work in yeah. the home I think I was less present than I am now as in that full like completely connected with them playing my phone is nowhere near I'm I'm, I'm you know, my head might be buzzing, but I'm sort of managing that so that yeah. I'm just really, really present with them. I do that more now. Because yeah. you're having your time as you, as a as somebody that's working and out exactly. and about and doing your thing. So then when you are home with your child, yeah, I'm exactly the same. You're focused on them. Yeah. Because you've got your, you've got what you need out of the day. Exactly. And yeah. then you can focus on your child. I, like, yeah, complete, completely in agreement. Yeah, exactly. Another thing that... um. I heard you say um, when you were speaking in your podcast was the quickest way not to feel shame is sharing. Yes. And that really, really resonated with me because I'm an open book and I share. <laughs> it's probably a good good um, podcast the, for me, for right me to job. host. Exactly, yeah. Um, I love to share because not only does it make me feel just a bit lighter when I do share, I also feel like if I'm sharing this with another another mum, hopefully if they're feeling that way and they're not confident enough to say they're feeling that way, 
then it might make them feel a little bit better. I struggle quite a bit with people when they're closed because I, I want, you know, I want to hear things from people. I never forget. I remember I was talking to um, a woman and she's actually, actually an influencer that shares a lot online. And I was chatting to her just about like how I was feeling, like, you know, I was struggling and just as I would with anyone, nothing that I wouldn't tell anyone. And she said to me, she went, I think you share too much. I think you share, you need to be careful about how much you're sharing. And I was just like, what? And I remember when she said it to me, I was like, I really don't agree. Like, and I'm going to carry on sharing because, and it really shocked me that she, that she kind of felt that way, that I was oversharing. And it made, it did knock my confidence a little bit with like being honest about things. Cause, cause I was like, God, am I like overbearing? Do people not want to hear these things? Are they like, is it too much? But I was like, I sat and had a word with myself and I was like, no, because I would want to hear these things. Like, especially as a new time, a first time mum. Like, you know, if somebody had sat down to me and said, you might not feel the love straight away or you might find this really hard and not enjoyable at all or you might want to go back to work when everybody else is happy in the park with their children, I would have, oh my God, benefited from that so much. So yeah, I always feel like sharing, sharing is caring, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a skill as well. Like I would make up with, with that other mum. Often we try and shut someone down because it's uncomfortable for us. So mm. I would make up that maybe she's had some experiences where she's been vulnerable and been shamed for that. And in a way right. she, there was some protection coming in for you. That's what I would make up about that dynamic. Mm. But it, we do have to be careful who we share with, particularly in motherhood, because like you experienced, judgment is so high. Yeah. And I think we have to be mindful of that. Like if we're going to say what's on our insides, what's on our hearts and say it out, like that is, that's really vulnerable. And it's an incredible privilege for someone to hear it. That's what I always think. When someone's honest with me, I think, wow, like what a privilege. Like they must think that I'm safe enough to hear these vulnerabilities. Like yeah. that's incredible. Mm. I think because we tend to, you know, as a society, we're not amazing at hearing people's vulnerabilities. We tend to want to fix or give advice. I bet you've had this a lot where you share something and someone goes, have you tried? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you should. Yeah. I did. It's really hard actually to just go, wow, that sounds really hard. Mm. Like I'm, I trust you're going to figure out your own way through this. Would you like some advice? Yeah. Yeah. You're asking the question. Would you like um, me to help you? Yeah. Or? Do you want some advice or are you just, are you just sharing to get it off your to get it off your chest you do have to find your people I think absolutely in terms of sharing because I've definitely noticed it along the way there's people that I that I share probably even more with because I know I'm gonna get back from them what I need which yeah. is kind of reassurance yeah. a cuddle <laughs> them saying to me how they feel as well them sharing with me because I always find like when you share it's very difficult when the other person doesn't share anything back, even though you're like, I definitely know you, this happened to you. Why aren't you telling me your experience? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I really kind of said mine so that you would tell me something back to help me. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I didn't oh. get from that what I wanted. It's the nicest feeling, isn't it? I think the worst feeling in the world in motherhood is 
is it just me or there's something wrong with me? And I think that's the privilege of doing what you and I do, right, with podcast mm. hosting is that you just, any thought, feeling, experience I have now, I know it's not just me. Yeah. And that is just such a gift. It's like, there's nothing wrong with me. This is a normal experience of, you know, of motherhood because I spoke to that person who'd been through it or someone else who, who, who shared that with me. So that's why I say shame really does reduce when you when you share it because mm. it's when we keep things to ourselves and we think oh my god I can't tell anyone about that yeah yeah and and it's, it's so horrible. funny because the amount of things that I'm like god that's so bad like when you were saying about intrusive thoughts yes it is unbelievable how many people have them like you know I'll just be sat there one day and I'll think oh my god imagine if Cooper ran into the road and got hit by a car oh my god I'm gonna I need to hold him at all times and I'm like, what? why did I just put myself through that absolute trauma? I did an amazing episode on this. Intrusive thoughts is actually pretty much universal. Like 99% of mums actually experience them. It's, really? just that, yeah, it's just that we don't tend Nobody to talk, talk about, about them. Often because they're violent. Often because yeah. they're scary. Often yeah. because we think if we talk about them does that make them more powerful the yes. opposite is true by yeah. the way if we say it out loud then it's real like I definitely had that thought yeah I think a lot of people get afraid that if they say it you know a social service is going to swoop in well, exactly. and take their That's child it. away you know or, or are your friends going to think you're a bit of a nutter because exactly. you've said like we've got a load of glass in our house a glass oh, yeah. as in glass um windows not just like random bits of glass around our house shards of yeah glass just shards of glass in our house and i always think to myself god what if cooper didn't know one of those doors was closed and he ran into it and it smashed on him <laughs> like do you, get, chopped. do you get visual yeah with it? what yeah. if it chopped his leg off yeah oh so oh, completely worse. normal completely and, normal and when you i'm saying these out loud now to all you people listening, so you probably don't feel quite as bad. See, this is me sharing. But you, I do have those thoughts. So how would you, like, do we deal with them? Do we just accept them? I had these, right? And I had no idea. I didn't tell anyone yeah. because I was like... I'm really worried about myself, yeah, basically. Yeah. And, you know, and it can be some, uh, of, you know, it can be something if they're very, very frequent and they feel completely unmanageable, mm. definitely go and speak to your GP. But I recorded an incredible episode of my podcast with um, a woman called Dr. Caroline Boyd, who, who's sort of a specialist. She wrote her PhD paper on intrusive thoughts in motherhood. Oh, wow. Yeah, so oh I was like, gosh. you need to come and need to listen. Us what? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I would really encourage everyone to go and listen to that because yeah. it completely completely changed so many people's oh. experience of them you know really you can't stop them coming what what happens is is when we become mothers or when we're it's often when we're alone with our children that they start that was my mm. experience it was when I suddenly found myself alone with a baby that they really ramped up it's our brain rewiring for the additional responsibility of you know caring for children or, or you know multiple children whatever your setup is that responsibility can make our brain start to almost go a bit haywire and think about everything that could go wrong. She explains it far more eloquently than me. The skill is to notice the thought, but try and let it pass by, which is really hard. Yeah. Just label it. This is an intrusive thought. It's okay. I'm safe. My child is safe. This is just my brain trying to protect me, trying to protect us and try and let it pass by. Is that what it is then? Your brain just trying to yeah. kind of like protect yourself. Yeah. Of course, this could happen. Yeah. Be, 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 be prepared. Yeah. 
Yeah, because really often first-time mums will get them more acutely than second-time mums, which yeah. I experienced. Like with yeah. my first, it was really bad. My second, I barely got them yeah. because I think I'd adjusted to... Your brain had yeah. adjusted. My brain had got used you to knew. the massive responsibility. <laughs> yeah. You knew what was happening second time round. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Really, really common. But I would really encourage everyone to go and listen to the episode on Motherkind with Dr. Caroline oh, Boyd. I think I'm going to do it on my journey home. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. We're nearly at the end. I mean, we could have chatted for hours, I think. But just briefly, because I don't think we fully touched on the... Did Was there four things that kind of go along with mum guilt? Yes. So what are they? Yes. Just, just a let brief... Me just, let me just tell everyone my, my model, just so that they've got it yeah, in, their, in this, their pockets. That's what I want. So I call it the 80-20 guilt model. 20% of the guilt that you're feeling is that productive guilt, that good guilt, that guilt that actually, oh, I messed up. I'm going to yeah. do something different. 80% is not guilt at all. We've just missed labeled it and through all this research and speaking and coaching and interviewing that I've done I've boiled it down to five things five, that I think yeah. it is yeah and I'll, I'll just quickly read the first one is tension so often we'll experience tension because we can't be in two places in once mm. so right now I'm experiencing a bit of tension like my little one's at nursery and I'm here that's a choice that I've had to make yeah and whenever we make a choice like in a restaurant you know whenever we ordered that dish and we didn't get that dish it's like oh yeah you know food envy damn yeah. it <laughs> so whenever we make a choice and we make endless choices in motherhood mm-hmm. you know yeah. endless all day every Constant, day yeah there's just tension there and what I really found working with clients and my and in my own life the moment I accepted that Okay, I just feel some tension because I can't be in two places at once because I have to make a decision about which school and I I want both or I don't want either. I just have to make a choice. There's tension if we think about it outside our lives in motherhood. There's tension in every choice. There is. We just don't put as much pressure on it. Just don't put as much pressure on it. Exactly. So when we take the pressure off it and accept it, you know when you pull a rope and there's loads of tension? Mm. It's like drop just drop the rope. Drop the rope, yeah. So that's the first one. That is a lot of it. Right. Is tension yeah the second one is inner critic so a lot of what we call guilt actually isn't guilt because we haven't done anything wrong remember Mm. guilt is when you've done something wrong that you want to change yeah it's often just your inner critic and something fascinating is that the more that we care about something the louder that critical voice Mm. will become and we know this from like work projects right when something's really important you're like i'm gonna mess it up i'm gonna do it wrong absolutely same and like most of us don't care about anything more yeah. than our children and so that critic can get really loud yes. and I'm completely obsessed about helping mums change that critic we'll do a follow-up episode on yeah that. no we need to yeah, yeah. my, my critic l- is is yeah. very yeah. critical and there's lots you can do about that so, but that is often what we call guilt we'll say I'm feeling guilty but we're not actually guilty yeah. it's that our inner critic is really I think that's probably up. a really big percentage for me yeah actually yeah. yeah exactly and the next one is the one that you and I were referring at the start which is around standards Yes. So often we say, I'm feeling so guilty that dot, 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 but actually it's not guilt. You haven't done anything wrong by getting something out of the freezer or serving fish fingers. Mm. What you're doing is measuring yourself against someone else's standard yeah. right that we've absorbed often from like tv shows like yeah. neighbors when we were growing up or <laughs> you know what our mums did or we just absorbed these standards and then we're measuring ourselves against them and it's such a simple fix that because yes. the moment you come aware of it you're like oh my god i'm doing that thing i'm measuring myself against this pollyanna perfect mum that does not exist and they, I don't. Have, they don't exist they don't. you'd be surprised how don't. many mums claim that they're cooking all these 
fabulous, healthy, home-cooked meal. They're not. No. They're, they're putting fish fingers in like the rest of us. And even if they are, then that's their standard. Yeah. And they'll be having lower standards in other areas. Exactly. That you and I might have a higher standard yeah, in. their house might be filthy. Exactly. <laughs> they might not have washed their hair for a year. So yeah. that's all good. Because they're stood there at the stove. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Different standards for everybody and that that's is it. fine. And yeah. I think I love this idea of define your own job description. Yes. Like what is important to you? And H and every one of us would have a different list of what was important to us in well, motherhood. Well, that's it. We're not all good at everything. You and I would be we? different. Yeah. The things that we focus on, worry about, want to get right, our list would be different. So measure yourself against the things you actually care about. That's so and true. And then give yourself some grace for the things that aren't important to you. Yeah, because I suppose we're all good at different aspects. Exactly. And the same goes for mother, like parenthood. Exactly. We're all good at different things. Exactly. Like- I'm amazing at role play and playing with the kids. I love it. This embarrassing like Amdram character comes out and I'm I'm into it and I've got friends who are like oh my god I feel so bad I can't play and I'm like yeah but I'm completely disorganized with all the school and nursery stuff yeah and you nail that every single time the skill is like let go of what you're not focused on or isn't important to you and just embrace what you're good at and know that you know that's what's important to your children to see someone who's like celebrating who they are yeah not constantly beating themselves up exactly who they're not it is so true because that your child remembers you for being that kind of mum so exactly. like I remember my mum my mum's an amazing cook and the most cuddliest woman you could ever meet and that is my memory of I mean exactly. she's still alive that's my me- current memory of mum is that's the type of person she is it's actually all my friend's memory because she's like Aww. the epitome of so the nice. word mummy yeah. Um, I don't remember whether she was good at role play. I don't remember whether the house okay. was clean. Exactly. I don't remember any of those things. I just remember the things that give me that gorgeous, like, warm love feeling. Well, it's that really famous quote, isn't it? Is that is that what children remember is how it feels. Yeah. Like, if I look, I do this incredible coaching exercise where I get people to look back at their own childhoods and think about their children looking back on their childhood now mm. as we're living it. Yeah. You don't remember the details. You remember how it felt. Yes. And that's what I think about all the time. Like, I know my children feel loved. I know they can see me living a life that I love. They can see I'm happy. Yeah. Like, and that is the feeling of our home. Yeah. Not about the fact that, you know, we had fish fingers for seven times that week. <laughs> it's all good. It doesn't matter to me. Someone else might, it might matter. Yeah. But when we define those standards, like that is where freedom is. And then the next one is just so that we get through them. Yeah. I'm like, stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is, I call it permeating. And this is where, when we take on someone else's feelings and call it our guilt Mm. for example we might want to go out to a yoga class or something and the children might be crying about it and your partner if you have one might be like oh really do you have to go Mm. those are their feelings yeah that's we don't need to take those on and feel guilty about it because it's like well hang on let's think about it it's in line with my values and my standards for myself to do something for myself because i know i'm going to feel better you know i want to be energized when i come back in so it's Almost imagining like a glass wall between their feelings and our feelings and not taking them on as our own. Really, that's a really good thing because I definitely do that. Say if me and Danny like have a diary clash and I'm like, well, look, mine's work. Yours is, you know, I don't know, you're going to play golf. Yeah. So really mine takes precedent over yours. And then I feel terrible because I've stopped him doing something he wants to do. Yeah. So yeah, I completely get that. But you shouldn't. You shouldn't tear that on. That's if they want to sulk, 
let them sulk. That's his I'm feeling. doing my thing. I'm good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to work. I, sometimes I visualize literally like giving it back. Yeah. Like, actually, this isn't mine. Yeah. I don't feel guilty about this. Yeah. You feel not. I'm going to give that feeling back to you. And Dr. Becky, who she runs something called Good Inside, and she came on the podcast and she said this thing that just blew my mind. And she said, You know, Zoe, your ability to get your needs met in motherhood depends on your tolerance for others' disappointment. And I was like, that is so true. That is a great... I mean, we just have to tolerate other people maybe being a bit disappointed. Yeah. Our, including our kids. And the thing and is... And our partner and our friends and our family. Like, actually, no, I'm going to do this thing. And or I'm not going to do this uh, thing. Yeah, but it's ingrained in us to not want to disappoint anyone, exactly. isn't it? So and that's where we really trip up. And we yeah. call it guilt. Yeah. It's not guilt. That's our people-pleasing. That's not guilt. Zoe, I mean, this has been an incredible chat. I love doing this job because I, it's basically like I get to like have therapy every single session. But thank you for coming oh, on. No, that was welcome. so insightful and incredible. And I think we do need to do a follow-up because I think there's so much more to talk about. There's just so much, isn't so there? Because yeah. it's, so, it's so complex, it is. motherhood and everything that we bring to it and it our is. experiences of it. And our little full brains, they are complex, aren't they? <laughs> but thank you. It's been absolutely Absolutely lovely having you on. Oh no, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Mum's the Word, the parenting podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.